Welcome to the Trailer Island Podcast. Oh, I just realised I should have done this in throat singing voice intro. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Welcome to the Trailer Island Podcast. This score is very different to the film. Yeah, like we should have done a June version of our of our theme. Yeah. Uh, so yes, we are the Trailer Island Podcast. We compare films and their trailers. Did the film deliver what the trailer promised? I'm Alex, and as always, I'm joined by Steve and Matthew. And this week we are delving into a new release that is a blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Some some are saying that it is the first of what do we say? Maybe two films or three films? Oh, this would have to be part one of two. You reckon? Yeah. Okay, because there is a lot of setup in this movie, and yeah. so yeah. I guess we're just going to find out what happens next at some point later. Actually, yeah. Production for this film is going to be a little interesting topic today as well. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll get to that at some point then. If if, if you're you're going to throw out an early opinion, it's going to absolutely throw us like it did for the Venom episode. No, 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 no. Um, No, I don't think I am. Okay. (laughs) And for that, we thank you, Steve. No hot takes this week. (laughs) No hot takes. You haven't read some sort of internet theory and claimed it as fact. I do. I have a fun fact, though. Oh, please. Yeah. Is, is it a pun? Is it fun? No, it's, I hope it's fun. I, I don't know it's what fun you said. Well, it, was, yeah. it was a pun. Yeah. No, uh, they shot this film in the very same desert as the Rise of Skywalker to the point where the film crews actually crossed paths and said, okay, you shoot over there, we'll shoot over here so we don't mix up our shots. I, Oscar Isaac was just like, all right, I'm going to shoot over here with a beard. <laughs> I'm finished now. I'm going to shave it off yeah. and go over here. I'm assuming this was different. Yeah. So, you know. That is a fun fact. I thought that was a fun fact. Now, given, I guess, uh, well, if... You've given us the fun fact, Matthew. Do you want to give us the title of the film? Oh, yeah, I, I think I've actually already done that by mistake as well. So, you did, but that's yes. okay. We are doing the uh, new adaption of Dune. My planet Arrakis is so beautiful when the sun is low. Rolling over the sands, you can see spice in the air. The outsiders ravage our lands in front of our eyes. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. What's to become of our world? A boy! Duncan, can I trust you with something? Yes, always, you know that. I've been having dreams about a girl on Arrakis. I don't know what it means. Dreams make good stories. But everything important happens when we're awake. Hey, you. Put on some muscle? I did? No. We are House Atreides. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. Smile, Gurney. I am smiling. The Emperor asks us to bring peace to Arrakis. House Atreides accepts! I know you. There's only a way of hanging my mind. You need to face your fears. Come with me. They're not human, they're brutal. The Duke's son sees too much. This is I do. Kill them all. 
God in heaven. Get everything with guns off the ground! Go! This is an extermination. They're taking my family off one by one. Let's fight like demons. I'm not the future of House Atreides. A great man doesn't seek to lead. He's called to it. But if your answer is no, you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. My son. If anything happens, will you protect Paul? With my life. Together, can we stand a chance? And that is basically just the film condensed in the three minutes. Yeah, having that's seen a, the that, film now. That's a really long trailer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a good trailer, but having seen the film, it is the entire film in the I don't the trailer. think it makes it a, I think that makes it a bad trailer. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, a, well, it, it doesn't give anything away though. Having seen the film, yes, but I think oh, I think if, that if, comes, if, you, if you hadn't seen the film, then I, I don't think I, it gives I think anything this away. This might be my concern now with with expectations. Having not read the book, I, I had and I, I've sort of seen like the first half hour of the nineteen eighties adaptation mm-hmm. of this, which most people I think don't like, but I think it's got a bit of a cult following now. Anyway, so I kinda knew a little bit about the very beginning, like with the hand in the box and that thing. I knew that from the nineteen eighties version. But outside of that, that trailer was showing me these huge scale battles and all this stuff. And I was like, I've never seen that before in terms of I didn't know that's what June was. So I was pretty excited. And then um I found that there was nothing that was in the story apart from a few maybe character deaths. So I thought, well, I didn't see any new plot developments that weren't hinted at in the trailer. Also, that that trailer calls itself June, but the title card to the movie says, this is June part one. That's right, yeah. And so if you're watching that trailer, you're going, oh, this is... This is a brilliant trailer sort of setting up the the last half of the film there. (laughs) The last half of the film hasn't been shot yet, Mm. which is uh, in and of itself a little bit of a... An odd quandary that Denny Villeneuve finds himself well, in. Well, is, is he throwing a power move on the produce ha- production house to go, well, I'm calling this part one, therefore you've got to give me a part two, but that may or may know. not happen. It I, may have been more, let's make part one, and if it absolutely tanks, we won't bother shooting part two. It's probably is, more likely. That's a really odd sort of... It's an odd approach. It, it is, but I think... <sighs> I, I, it is weird. I agree. I don't know for why. For a tenpole film. Yeah, especially for a, d- a director of, of his stature. Like, he's going to turn in a good film, a yeah. decent film regardless, really. Mm. Um, but I think as well, if you consider the fact that the 1980s film, as a vast majority, I think, is considered considered a bit of a flop. Mm-hmm. And then I think there was a TV miniseries in yeah. 2003. And yeah. I don't think that did very well either. And, I mean, relatively, I don't think Denny's films have done really well <laughs> in the last ten years. <laughs> Like they're very arty films, aren't they? They're big budgets. Arrival, yes. Did Blade Runner? Yeah. Did Prisoners? Who did? Prisoners is a great film. Uh, There's another one one with Hugh Jackman Jackman? and Jake Gyllenhaal. 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 
Yeah. That's a good movie. There's uh, another movie with Gyllenhaal after that, but I mean, I don't think those movies have really done super well for it, him. Is, is, do, do we describe his films as epic slow burns? Yeah. Yeah. Because this is a slow burn, this one. Mm. Mm. Like, not a lot happens, then a lot happens, and then not, <laughs> I guess when you say not a lot happens, it's because it's quieter moments between characters where significant things are happening. Yeah, yeah. No, of course, of course. Uh, do we? Who would like to try and introduce what the plot of this film <sighs> I'll, 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 give it a, I'll give it a go. You're a brave man. Um, so, so our main character is, is is a young, young, young boy who's who's got all this sort of weight of the universe on his shoulders, and he discovers that he's got a magic power. I guess that he's part of an old cult um, that wear robes, and um, he's really good at being a pilot <laughs> the, the and being a swordsman. Being they wear robes. That's and, what makes them a cult. And then, and then he gets taken under the wing of some older mentors and he goes off and they have to go and blow up the Death Star. Wait, no, sorry. No, that's wrong. But it did make me laugh at how much George Lucas obviously loves this book because yeah. there's so much of it yeah. in A New Hope in terms of, you know, the, the, the ancient kind of, you know, witchcraft element and like mm. the Chosen One, which he obviously used in the prequel trilogy. So I know that this came first. So I'm not bagging it for similarities to Star Wars. I just was appreciating the similarities from the point of view of George Lucas turning it into his own thing. Yeah. I was going, oh, this is cool. So this is the genesis. This is definitely a large part of the genesis of what Star Wars became. Well, well this it's, one's it's a little a, bit more political, I would it's say. It's a bit, yeah. uh, it's very Game of Thrones, isn't yeah. it? You can see, because we're talking about family houses. That's so right. So yeah. powerful houses fighting against each other for, or in this case, the control over a planet. Arrakis. Arrakis, which they fondly call Dune mm-hmm. as well. It's a sand planet. I hate just films where people run around in deserts i oh, i mean i like them running around in this film i do uh, don't, this film is shot incredibly yeah. well and you feel the heat of the desert but i've seen a film of people running around in the desert it was called raiders of the lost ark and it was great <laughs> and i've seen that movie and and i think unfortunately because this is obviously based on a book they obviously don't have a choice it is arrakis is a desert planet but i, I was sitting there going this is great it's atmospheric i just don't care about desert planets anymore i just yeah. don't care about them well house of trades in this film is being gifted the the planet of arrakis because they mine spice there which is a like a, a space traveling sort of it's worm poop it's worm poop, and you can get high off of it. Uh, it can give you special powers, give you heal mm-hmm. health. Yeah. Um, if you consume enough of it, you become a space pilot and can traverse right. space and I don't know about time, but uh, we don't get a space worm boy thing in this film like you do in the 1980s version. What? In the 1980s version, they show the the, the creature that was formerly a human that's consumed so much oh. spice that it becomes a pilot. Right. A galactic pilot, and it's able to navigate through space, and that's how they tra- transport weird. all the spaceships. And th- in the eighties, there's a scene where you see this worm slug thing, formerly a human, do that. Whereas in this, they sort of just and they're at June. They try to like, ground it a little bit more. Yeah, mm. I should say I, I. So they obviously state that spice is essential mm. to space yes. travel, but then it didn't show us how it's used. All we're shown is a big circular, massive spaceship that I guess is a gateway. Mm-hmm. And but I have to admit, for for the attention to detail in terms of the um, design and everything, I thought, but you haven't shown us how it's I don't important. Think it needs that. I, I, I was confused because, again, like you say, they're on their home planet and then they're on Arrakis. Mm. I thought, we have skipped something here. Well, they're on their home planet, which is a beautiful water. There's a lot of mm. water around, so there's you know there's already contrasting things there. <laughs> and Atreides here, they are given the task of taking over Dune because the Harkonnens, mm-hmm. who have been there for almost 100 years and have accumulated great wealth as a result of it, 
uh, have been kicked off by the emperor, whom I don't believe we see. We they, don't. They've been kicked off by the emperor because they can't get along with the freemen, who are the the sort of mm. not native inhabitants, but the the human inhabitants that have adapted really well. Yes. To to Arrakis. Yes. Uh, and there's been a little bit of like civil conflict there. Harkonnens have been kicked off the planet, and as a little bit of a like a, a political weapon, um, mm. a house uh, Atreides has been give, uh, gifted. Mm. The planet to look after. It's lots of lots of lots of money to be made, but it's a sort of a double-edged sword sort of gift. Yeah, mm. because on, on this planet, if you're out mining on, amongst the dunes and getting all the worm poop, mm-hmm. is that you run the risk of being consumed by these. What are they? They said they're like 400 meters long yeah, or something yeah. like that. These giant worms that can consume anything, and they are very activated by sound, even mere footsteps. Mm-hmm. On the desert can can trigger them. Yes, which makes uh, mining said spice quite a difficult. Yes, I think that's a pretty pretty sort. Of, well, we don't want to give away the the ending of the first half of the film. Um, and I think it's fair well, to say the Harkonnens aren't happy about this. No, and yeah. there's the the Baron, the floating guy, oh, yeah. played very scarily by Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, which was a great performance. It's implied that he's eaten to such a level. That he can no longer stand up under his own power, so. and that's why he's got the metallic spine that ha- does the standing up and the floating. I for think him. he's got like yeah. a gravity belt or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, he looks like he's a, you know he is he's a slob. He's he's a glutton, which, which is obviously looks, metaphorical. He looks menacing. I, I, I like uh, uh, going back to to Blade Runner 2049? 2049? 2049. Um Like Jared Leto's character, and is a blind man that you know sees with these little drones flying around, and he is terrifying in that role. So I think, yeah, then he's very good at establishing these very sort of menacing villains. I think apparently, and I I, I had to do a lot of reading and, and stuff <laughs> to follow this because as as you, I've, I've not read the books, but I think his menace is underplayed in this film compared uh. to what he is like in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, you know, he's a predator on many fronts. I think there are definitely a few characters in here, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing because, because you know, we we are assuming that they were hoping to get a part two, and I think they have. It's been greenlit, I believe. Got, um, yeah, green oh, you heard it here first on Trial <laughs> Tra- <Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra-Tra
I was surprised. Yeah. At or is that halfway through? I'd call it halfway yeah. through. Halfway I through. was very surprised at the structure of this movie. And having not read... If you've read the book, it probably wouldn't bother you because you're probably going like, oh, I know this, I know this, I know what he's going. And, mm. and, you know, much like when they split up the Hobbit films. Um, but I suppose for having not read the book and just sort of knowing what I like out of science fiction action adventure, I was, I was very mm. just sort of surprised at the last half hour of this movie, which to me felt really low key. Yeah. Just kind of mm, like, oh, yeah. we're, we're just... We're just sort of they. Well, I don't want to. I won't ruin it in case someone like me hasn't read the book and wants to see it. But I did feel like the end of that movie was like, there's no, there's nothing to develop here. This is just making sure that they're in a position when they start the next film that they're where all the pieces are where they want them to yeah. be. But it didn't add anything to this film. I mean, like the, the main character. I don't feel like there's really a character arc with him with, in this film. No, and and I, it's more of a pet peeve of mine. But I can't stand that actor, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, because all he does is brood. But his brooding is not a character mm. trait. He broods um. in this one, and he broods a lot. Um, <laughs> he, he's very broody, and I don't think I, I don't know. I, he's apparently a good actor. I haven't seen him in anything else. He's apparently a good actor because he's got accolades. But I was like. He's all he's, he's he reminded me of Anakin Skywalker. He was very monotone and yeah, I was just didn't like, like sand. Didn't like sand. Uh, yeah. Well, he yeah, he doesn't have much of a change. And there are scenes in the trailer that don't technically happen in the film, mm, if you yeah. know what I mean. And, so, and I, that's what bothered me because I thought the trailer promises all these action set pieces, but in reality, we've only actually got one because mm. the rest of them are may or may not actually be real. Yeah, and it's like, well, that doesn't. Therefore, they don't carry any weight as action sequences because you know you just you know that there's no consequence of them. Mm. I think there's like there's that inherent feeling about this film because when you sit down to watch it, and you realize, oh, it's a part one. Yeah. Okay, so the main character obviously survives this film. He's not in any <laughs> real danger. That, that's right. Yeah. You like, kind of you kind of expect more or less at the end there'll be a big revelation, then credits. Yeah. You know that's kind of what you expect. Mm. And I think there's a, again, if you've read the book, probably not a problem. But for for those of us who have grown up on other science fiction, and again, judging from that trailer, which is an action-packed trailer, there is that I can count at least from what it looks like in that trailer, three different massive set pieces. Mm-hmm. But obviously, when you watch the film, as we've already said, it's actually only one, and the others are kind of peripheral. Um, I felt like I felt like I was cheated. I was like, oh, well, where was the big payoff at the end? I, st- yeah. I still feel like, despite the post epic scene in the middle there there was still a sense of stress and tension for oh, yeah, for the absolutely. next hour or so when there there was but it ran out by the time mm. we had and it, by then it was like yeah 25 minutes left for me I was like oh like it carried that suspense really well but then I was like it kind of fizzled out and I thought okay I'm ready for the film to end but then it went on for another 25 minutes and, and the trailer does give you a lot of Zendaya mm. it does and it's selling you that she's a big part of this and she's... I mean, I'm sure she will be in future installments. I'm sure yeah. she's important to the yeah. story. At this stage, I've got no idea how she's important <laughs> even. And I don't know if this is a spoiler, but having watched the film, I go, I still don't know how yeah. she's going to be important. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she is because Paul is is seeing her in, in his dreams. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Now, but having said that, I shouldn't be too negative because I was swept away by just by, swept away, sorry, by the atmosphere, mm-hmm. mm. and the atmosphere does sustain the film more or less the whole way through. It was more just in terms of plot. I was like, wait, what's happening now? It, like, well, there's we some going? very obscure, like we end up on another planet, like the Imperial War planet, like with mm. the throat singers, with it, which I struggle to understand. Um, but but I, I like that with the, you know there was no and now we are here and this is what this planet is responsible for which is a quick setup mm. and that scene only goes for about two minutes but mm. you know they're in trouble 
Yeah, you know who the yeah. bad guys are. You know who the good guys are. Yeah, know? and it's set up quite well. And I and and I thought that was really cool because you go, oh, these people are yeah, no. The pacing in the first hour is, is really impressive for a film of this scale. The the amount that they churn yeah, through. They do. And it's like, wow. And it, but it didn't feel rushed. Like, that first hour was really impressive for that. Again, Danny Villeneuve. Am I saying the last name right? I don't Villeneuve. know. Villeneuve. Um, he, yeah, he's very good at, um, he's good at setup. I think he's it really is. good at setup. He's really good at sort of pacing things out and making sure things can can breathe. I mean, um, you know, that bit, the big set piece we were talking about, I think, you know, that's the most, like, emotive part of the film. And I felt it. And that's because... Uh, he he deliberately sort of skirts around Paul Atreides. Like he doesn't show Paul for a good like twenty minutes to sort of give us a feeling of an anxiety as to where he is, mm. what he's doing, if he's safe or not. Yeah, and I think that's one of the like the best parts of the film in that. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Now, Matthew, uh, your hat. Yeah. Reminded me. Oh, right. You've got the uh, you've got a Pink Floyd hat going on I do, at the yeah. moment. And the very first trailer that we got for this, and I didn't want to play it because I didn't want to have to deal with any sort of copyright <laughs> issues, uh, features a Pink Floyd song. It does. It features Eclipse. And why why would they have used that song? I, I don't know. Having seen the film, I'm actually even more confused because there is no Eclipse in this movie. There is no, but I suppose I don't know. I, it's more I, about the content of the song, though. We're talking about like I think it's referring to to Paul Atreides and and just uh, I I assume in the second film it's going to be about him sort of questioning who he is, yeah, and all that you are and all that you hate and all that you. Well, well, I, I don't want to get into into my reading of the themes of Dark Side of the Moon because my <laughs> reading of that song is and the and the song that precedes it, Brain Damage, which they should be listened to together is very different. It's, it's not about figuring out who you are. It's more about a comfort thing saying all of this world seems pretty strange and that's what the whole album is about. It's all like, you know, poverty, war, death, everything. But basically, Roger Rodas, who wrote the album with Pink Floyd, basically is saying, if you feel the same way I do, just in the future, just know that there's someone else on the planet that feels the same way as you do, and we'll we'll go our own place, and we'll be on the dark side of the moon. Maybe and I'll that's meet you what there. Uh, Zendaya's camera yeah. character is about. Then, um, I don't know. I haven't read. Maybe the book. they've thought about it more than you have. <laughs> I, I haven't read the book. If I read the book, maybe I could answer more succinctly. <laughs> but no, my my reading of that song is not. It's about questioning who you are. It's more of a. It's more of a message to someone who's of like minded nature. I that, think they've co opted the the song for this trailer, though. They've, they've co opted their own their own message. I think that works quite well. It's major, like poetry. Major own means. <laughs> Back to George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> it's like poetry. It rhymes. Mm. Uh, the wider soundtrack, though, is very, very Hans Zimmer. Mm. Uh, once again, working with Danny and very, very reminiscent of, of Blade Runner 2049. It, it is. I, I do feel like this is... Um, I suppose with, with Blade Runner, which his soundtrack for Blade Runner is obviously superb. I think he was also having to imitate slightly um, Vangelis to a certain extent in terms of themes on Blade Runner. Whereas this one, he's, he can start from scratch. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I, that worked better for him, having a clean palette. Now, I don't want to throw down a glove and set a challenge, but I felt like I could fall asleep on a keyboard and get the same sort of noise. <laughs> oh, wow. for no, this. Yeah. You're right, but, but uh, you know... Interesting. Just, just, just set it to strings mode and fall yeah. asleep, and you go, "Oh, there's the soundtrack." Um, I felt that way a lot about um, some of his Interstellar soundtrack. I love the soundtrack, but there's a mm. lot of long drones in that one. And, and um, but, I, funnily enough, you know, this year we've got very 
different comparisons between two different Helen Zimmer scores, which have No Time to Die and then this one, and they are polar opposites of each other. So I think he's just a very versatile composer in this one. He thought the way that he's gone is what he wanted to do. Was Hans Zimmer Wonder Woman 88 as well? Yeah. 84. 84. I, I didn't mind that soundtrack. Mm. I didn't mind it. Again, it's... The soundtrack yeah. that didn't give us any of the 80s songs that, no, you know, right. which was a prime target for... Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Were, were we a bit surprised by the on on June like like they they show the importance of water but not how purely desperate it actually is? I was expecting more of like a Mad Max Fury Road moment where you see desperate people scrambling for water, um, mm. you know, actually feel the desperation. All we really get is the bloke feeding the palm trees, palm trees. and telling them that they how much you know lives they're worth because of how much water they drink. But I never felt that. I mean, we get that the planet is hot. I get that, but I, I do I do agree. Like we we've shown good examples of tech that's been developed to recycle water, mm. which made me think, oh, they've got this. Yeah, like, like okay, that's not, how I felt. I'm not like, stressed about the lack of yeah, water. Like they've got yeah. a, they got a tank they, that can do it. Every and... time that they get to a point where they might run out of water, there's this new bit of tech that they happen to have that gives them water. I don't mind that. Okay, because yeah, the film was trying to set up. Spice. That's that's the thing. Right, okay. That's the valuable thing. You know, okay. water. That'll you know, who, who, you know, we really didn't. Who cares? It's it's, it's the future. You know, spice ha- though. Having just read before we recorded this that the original book was uh, written in sixty five, I think it was, mm. and then you telling me about how weird the books get, and you telling me about the weird human space worm mm. hyperspace thing. Mm. Are we not convinced that the author was just on LSD? Because it was the Could've 60s. Been. I mean, why not? Maybe, maybe the spice is really just a metaphor for drugs. Could have been. Um, I was sort of struck with this film. Like, and I, I don't know whether that's because it's drawing from so many different influences or because this particular story is such an influence in other stories. But I saw so many tropes in this film. You know, the, the whole, you know, I've got two different sort of. Uh, battle masters. I've got a, a, a very wise old man guiding me. I've got uh, a, a mother who's trying to manipulate me and is being manipulated by other people. Oh, we find uh, a bunch of outcasts like ourselves that we we're going to latch onto. There's these all all sorts of like sort of mono myth and and just sort of story tropes and i I, think law building as well yeah well it's kind of the trouble is that it is so attached to the book that there's not much you can do and i would say that you know given the book's published date like by that stage that that you know wasn't an overdone trope Mm -hmm. it was a it's a it's a family drama basically i don't think we even when when did silmarillion come out i think that wasn't until the 70s Mm. that silmarillion was published um after tolkien's death so in terms of like Obviously, there was no Game of Thrones back then, and there was Lord of the Rings. But in terms of Lord of the Rings, larger lore that we now, well, some of us now accept if they've delved into the rabbit hole, that didn't really exist when the June book would have come out. So I imagine it probably was quite revolutionary. I would, I would have guessed from a literal. Yeah, I reckon so. It's just, it's just weird to be on this side of it and sort of witnessing, you know, point number one Yeah, so far down the line. I, I think the way I would sum up feeling about this film, and I suppose I had, I had every chance, because this film was delayed as well because of COVID, to read the book, but I felt like I did myself a disservice having not read the book. Mm-hmm. I think this film is made for people who are massive fans of the book, and I think there are things that are shown 
that have a higher significance to those who who know what the book is. I, I'm just imagining than I did because I was watching, going, I feel like that, like that's meant to be a thing, but to me, it's like, oh, it's just a spaceship. Oh, they showed that sword so many times. And, well, and the yeah, the, the dagger sword. thing. I was mm. like, okay, it must be important. <laughs> Which is why like, I'm still really confused about just the production of this film and, and the fact that you've, you've shot cut part one by December 2020. It's been delayed for a year and then as soon as it gets a release in November, uh, the studio goes, okay, we'll have a second one now. I think they were really worried about it flopping. And Let us remember that Blade Runner 2049 was not a commercial no, success. And I think Warner Brothers were basically saying, look, June has, a, in terms of film adaptations, does not have a good track record. So we're not going to go all in on this. We're going to just make the first one, see how it does. It's a little jarring as well, just coming off of like 10 years worth of young adult novels that have been, you know, split in half for that last chapter. <laughs> like, uh, what a girl. Um, Harry Potter did it. Harry Potter and Twilight didn't Twilight do it. Twilight, Twilight did it, and the Hobbit obviously did three books. Uh, what was the uh, three, three films. films for one book? Yeah, three films, yeah. Uh, what's the one with with Katniss Everdeen with Jennifer Lawrence? Oh, um, Hunger um, Games. Hunger Games. Hunger Hungry. Games did it as well. And every time they did it for those films, those those movies were shot back to back. Yes. So mm. Pirates just, of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Two and three were shot at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's a little bit like I don't know how did they think that when. <laughs> You're really fired up. About it, no, it's just it's really <laughs> confusing because obviously they they greenlit this film in like 2018. They expected it to come out in 2020, and they're like, oh, oh, "We've got enough competition." COVID wasn't around back then, so they didn't mm. really consider it. Were they like, "Okay, if everyone's still going to the movies, this will do all right." Yeah, but now this is like one of the biggest tentpole movies for the year. I it's just it's it's a really like, I can't wait until five years down a track where it's a little bit more written about this. Sure. Because I want to know what the decision-making processes were <laughs> behind this, why Denny Villeneuve was chosen, why... It's well, he's, a, he's a massive fan. So another fun fact is he was offered the job to direct the next Bond film back back when, oh, just yeah, after Spectre, yeah. and he turned it down because he was trying to make this film. Mm-hmm. So he's just a massive fan of the book, I yeah. think. So he, this is like a, this is very much a passion project for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so which is why part of me, and this is so, this is really just like you know really pushing the boat out. But it's really why I could imagine the studio saying we're not going to let you shoot them all at once or make all these plans. Just make one and see how it goes. And he would have yeah. gone, yeah, no, I'll do it. I'll do whatever you want. You know that kind of thing because he's just he would have been so desperate to make this film. Mm. I'm just having a quick look, and apparently June has so far made about three hundred million dollars. Not bad globally. Which I don't know what the budget of the film was, but would have been uh, extraordinary. I imagine it was quite high. <laughs> yeah, I know Bond recently just hit seven hundred and seventy. And how much of that was you? Uh, I, I've no one needs to worry about <laughs> one seventh. That. One seventh of that was me. <laughs> well, June uh, apparently cost about one hundred and sixty-five million US dollars. Oh, okay, so That's basically. Not very much. Yeah. So when you can well, sit- it's a lot of set pieces and slow moving walking through a desert. So, yeah. you know, the big set pieces are very impressive, but a lot of it is just, you just know, desert. Just quite well paced. And but there's slow. a lot of names attached to this as well. Mm. There are. It's a great cast for the most cast. part. We've got, it's, got, it's got Thanos. It's got Thanos, and he get, gets like 10 lines, and that's yeah. a little bit disappointing. We don't see what happens to him in this, do we? I read about what happens to him in coming, in, in coming books, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is more Star Wars y sort of stuff coming. Okay, righto. Yeah. Mm, okay. Oh, I think. Should I say it? Can I yeah, guess it? Oh, yeah. Is he someone's dad? No. No. Okay. no, no. <laughs> no. We, we get a cleanly shaved um, Jason Momoa. 
That's just weird. I thought that. I mean, no, he's he, he looks fine, but I was like, where's the beard? Does he, he starts off with a beard, doesn't he? And then uh, he shaves. Uh, yes, I think he does have a I think beard. He, I think because like they have ceremony, so he comes back and then prepare uh, for his okay. for his boss to return. He mm. has a bit of a shave. Yeah. He was good in this. He was very good. I think he was so the was, highlight. Yeah, and so was Javier Bardem, who's only in one scene. I I, but- I thought it wasn't. I was like. I thought, is that Javier Bard? Like, I wasn't yeah. sure. And I was like, oh, no, wait, look, there it is. Which is actually the, one of the funniest moments in the film when he first rocks up. Yeah, And, that's and it just, you know, it's kind of a, almost Austin Powers thing of, oh, is it Austin Powers with the alien? No, it's not. It's a scary movie, I think, of the alien greetings and the weird, like, just riffing on weird customs and just yeah. doing comedy out of it. Yeah. I was like, I wasn't expecting it. I thought, this is a really, you know, heavy, broody film. And then there was just this bit of absolute silliness, which was really nice. It was good. And then Dave Bautista's in two scenes, and that's, yeah. that's about it. He's just, yeah. just supposed to be hulking and just. I'm assuming. See, I'm a, I'm a guessing all these characters have bigger parts as the films go on. Is what I'm guessing because otherwise, I'm like, why would you? Why are they in it? Because they're yeah. only in one or two scenes. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's all set up. It really, it really is just Timothy Calame and Rebecca Hawley the entire time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And 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 that's what I liked about this. Let's just touch on this quickly. <laughs> is that it was a family drama of the family houses versing each other, but for Paul and his family. They just got along. We see mm. in the trailer where he's like, you know what? Even if you don't become, you know, a bloody legend, mate, <laughs> you know, you're my son. Yeah. And I that's really what means like the that. most to me. Uh, Os- I was like, that's good. Oscar Isaac's character was my favorite character. Yeah. Just, just, beca- just because there was no complication in there. He wasn't trying to betray anyone. He was just actually a really good guy. Yeah. Mm. And I love that. There was a little, like, sort of a little bit of conflict between um, Leto, Atreides, and... and, and- uh, Sarah, I want to say the mother's name is. I'm not sure. Uh, there's a, yeah, there's that little, little, you know, she's part of that order. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh. The Jedi order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can use the force and, you know, ask, you know, say things to someone and they'll do it, you know, and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Jedi mind trick. <laughs> mm, yes. Uh, Lady Jessica. Lady Jessica. Name. Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. So Leto, not to be confused when you're talking about Jared Leto before, <laughs> yeah, exactly, is that right. no, Oscar Isaac's character is. Yeah. Leto. Called Leto. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love that Jason Momoa's character, Duncan Idaho. Like yeah. how more... That's you know, so silly. It's such a butch... I'm Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, maybe yeah. we'll get more of them. Maybe yeah. we'll get more of them in, 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 coming, in coming films. I just, I just hope that if, if they're, if they're going to do a second film, you know, part two, is it just wraps it up. Yeah. Uh, you don't want them to do the other books. Oh, they, I'm more than happy for them to do the other books, but let's wrap it up. Make yeah. sure that I can watch these two mm-hmm. films and go, uh, I am whole. Yeah. It is done. It's definitely not a very satisfying ending, Only not because it's badly done, but because it doesn't give you any answers yeah. deliberately. And mm. as a result, you, you come away from it going, well, I learned nothing. Um, but I know that they've got a thing. They've got things to do. They've got things to do. I don't know what it is, but yeah. uh, there's bad people. There's good people, and everything may or may not work out in the end. Yeah. I'm excited to see a second. I, I yeah. if it did one thing, it it made me sort of jazz to to see a second movie. But but it didn't. Well, make, but it didn't make me excited to see this one again. Yeah, it made me excited for the problem. future. Which I guess if you're trying to launch a sci-fi franchise is is I guess a good thing. But your film needs to work by mm. itself as well, and mm. I feel like this one almost doesn't. Mm. Well, you talk about the you know we have there's a cinema experience you have in seeing these films, and I think the sound is one of the big things in this that you know, we could appreciate. Mm. Um, but for a lot of people, this was a streaming experience. Yeah, that's in, a good in point. In the States, actually. they had it for like a month on HBO, I believe yes, it was. Yes, that's right. Yes, I forgot about that, actually. That would have been really weird. So, it would have been sad to see on a TV screen. 
Yeah. You really needed that that full picture, that that atmos. Mm. You needed everything in a theatre. Well, that's all we got in Australia, so yeah. it's only a cinema experience here. Why we couldn't stream it as well, I don't know. Whether well, I guess we don't have... Technically, we don't have HBO Max in this country. Mm. Um, I guess so. it could have gone to Binge because they're affiliated yeah. with... Yeah, because well, you can get Game of Thrones on Binge. Yeah, and yeah. You'd think... Yeah, because HBO is attached to... But, but I don't binge. think Binge has done any of the... the Warner Brothers releases this year. They only did the Snyder Cut, yeah. but that's because that's because I was streaming only though. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the only reason. But they didn't get like the Suicide Squad or anything. like No, that. that's true. No, that's very true. Um, uh, I think this this movie is ten years too late. Yeah, I think any why, why, why? any money this this movie might have recouped after release would have been on home media release, and it's not going to get a home media re- well. Well, it, it is. will, but most of the people will see this on on streaming. And well, I don't think it's going to generate the hype that I think Denny thinks it's going to get for part two. Mm. I mean, if if I had found this film a little more satisfying, I probably would have bought mm. it again on physical media because I, cause physical media does look better than streaming. It just does. But um, Well, lo- looking at the prices, what did you say? The, the soundtrack you can purchase the well, physical media now, for? Now, I, I do need to double check that this wasn't vinyl that I was looking at by mistake, but I, <laughs> I love the soundtrack and I was going to buy it on CD and it's going for like $53 and that's an import as well. They have to import oh, it. Oh, wow. So, but I'd like to say that could have been the vinyl. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping they're not charging $53 for a CD, which, even though I swear by them, is an old format. Mm. Um, uh, CD, June, it's an import, original motion soundtrack, $54.99. Oh, my Lord. Is that a double CD? I mean, even then, I it shouldn't cost that much. But I, I, I don't know. Like The soundtrack for Bond, which I bought here in Australia, also Hans Zimmer, that was $21, That's which fine. I feel is a reasonable price for a CD. Was that two CDs? Uh, one, just the one, but it's you know it's a digi pack. It had a nice cardboard sleeve and everything. Okay. Uh, no, it's got twenty two tracks, and it appears to be one disc. Ugh. That's outrageous. Which seems strange for droney music. You'd think that you'd yeah. get two. Mm. If you're trying to compete with streaming platforms like Spotify, which is all fine if you use that, but if if you're trying to like encourage people, as I'm sure Hans Zimmer would, being probably a quality nut. Yeah. You want to make your CDs affordable so yeah. that people are more likely to buy them. Affordable and available in a, a, and in a av- range of countries. Yes, and available would be good as well. I, I don't understand the logic of outpricing your casual market. The only people who will buy that will be rich nerds. I'm a poor nerd, so I can't afford it, so I won't buy it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Like you can buy it, you can buy it later when when oh, the availability. Available yeah, well, I have to save up. up for it. By which point, I can only get it on eBay for like a hundred bucks, probably. <laughs> well, is there is there, do we want to give this something out of five yeah. uh, highly priced physical medias? Oh. Um, <laughs> shimmer suits, personal protective. You know, they got good PPE in this. I like their, they do the uh, the good um, personal shields that they've got, which I thought was nice. That everyone's yeah. resorted to having to use knives and swords and stuff because these these. Personal shields basically stop anything that's fast. Yes, yeah, that yeah. was cool. Um, so they got to just stab each other really slow. <laughs> uh, oil baths. Oh, that was gross, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> he must have been enjoying shooting that scene and holding his breath before they started shooting. <laughs> Unless uh, he had oxygen down there. Oh, sorry, I just moved away from the microphone. <laughs> uh, fake teeth. Fake teeth. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Who had yep, fake yep. teeth? Uh, Leto. Yeah, the fake. He was given a fake tooth. 
Oh, oh, yes. Mm. Yes. Sorry. I forgot about um, that. There's a lot in this movie. <laughs> anti-gravity blob men. Yeah. Um, 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 um. I did like the explosions, like the explosions where they got through the shield and then they exploded within the shield yes, and then it blew was, out the shield. That was really cool. I was like, oh, wow, look at that. Yeah. That's some cool Again, effects. that big set piece, amazing. But the trailer made me think there would be a big set piece at the end of the film. And, and there's not many worms in it either. No, I wanted more space I, worms. I was happy with the amount of worms. Happy with the amount yeah. of worms? Do we go with uh, worm poop? Out of worm five poop. worm poops? Yeah, let's do that. Bit of melange. Spice melange. Oh, sorry. You just reminded me of the South Park episode where they talk about the spice melange. <laughs> Which episode is that? The one with Tom Brady. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, is, is them calling it spice melange is... From, I've sent him off. Oh, God. A lot of things just connected for me and I'm very pleased about it. A lot of things. I'm very confused. Oh, you're out of the loop. In the aren't episode, you? no, I'm gonna uh, sit no. down and watch the um, episode. Yeah, go. Now, is that based on June? <laughs> it must be. Because <laughs> why do they call it spice melange? Because <laughs> spices is worth is what it is and, and melange spice melange. Oh no! There it goes. Uh, oh, you need to watch the episode, yeah, Matt. Watch okay. Um, strongly recommend anybody who can. I think it might be streaming on Amazon. That it's episode Amazon, is probably yeah. on Amazon. Is the episode? I only watched it last week. <laughs> <laughs> didn't really, cl- didn't really click for me. Is that a South Park episode with the Space Melange? Yes, the Space Melange. Uh, wow. Anyway, uh, oh, <laughs> all right. Okay. Out, of, out of Spice Melange, uh, which is you know worm poop. Um, <laughs> I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. I'll go first. I was. Uh, Severely uh, unsatisfied with this film, so it's going to be a three for me. Oh dear! Uh, really, really excited to see the second one. Uh, I thought Hans of his um, soundtrack was awesome. I thought all the actors were really, really good. Um, I didn't really feel like Paul was in any danger at any stage, though. Uh, and I don't really. I would never want to see like a a, a full June movie made by Denny Villeneuve. If it's going to be a one sitting sort of thing as well, so it's it's yeah, it's, it's sort of a double edged sword on this one, uh, but yeah, it's going to be a three solid three. I would uh, it's a three for me as well for much the same reason is is I really wanted to like this. It's right up my alley. It's sci fi. It's huge scale, big sound. Um, but I just walked away just thinking like I just didn't get what I thought I was going to get out of this film, and. Having said that, the first hour, it was ticking all the boxes. I thought, this is amazing. This is awesome. I'm so happy. And then the last hour, uh, well, the last hour and a half, the first hour of that hour and a half coasts on this sort of suspense element that's introduced. But then that fizzled out for me. And the last half hour, I thought, this is doing nothing for me. They are just setting up a a future film. But that doesn't really help this movie. Like, Mm -hmm. your movie needs to work. It's fine if it sets up other stuff, but it still needs to work as a movie. That and it just it didn't for me. So yeah, three for me as well. If they don't make a second film, it's a one. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because it's pointless. Mm-hmm. There is no point mm-hmm. in the film existing mm-hmm. if there isn't a part two. However, I will give it a three and a half. Is that I really enjoyed everything? I like like just just. The slow burn nature of it, I actually did appreciate in moments mm. it was allowed to breathe and it didn't you know, force exposition down your neck. It didn't say it. It showed it. And that's what filmmaking should be about is show, don't tell. And there are some beautiful moments like when the ship was leaving out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, Why was it under the water? Uh, that's where it lives. Okay. That's a good way to store your spaceships. 
I suppose it's safe. Safe? Yeah, okay. Yeah, much, yeah. much harder to hit. They do that in one of the Star Trek films, the Enterprise is hit. Oh, yeah, I like that's, that. That's it's lovely. Good. Yeah. Mm, cool. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'll go three and a half. And I didn't mind, like, the. I thought I would, as I was watching, I'm going, should I be bored by this? But I'm not because mm. I'm really enjoying what's going to happen next. But I, I, I think I was possibly waiting for something to happen for that last hour and a half. Yeah, okay. And going, oh, something's... Uh, oh, okay. Uh, 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 oh, oh. Mm. all right. Um, cool. But I don't want to dissuade anyone from seeing it is the other thing. Like, I think, <sighs> I think you should experience the film if, if you are inclined to the sci-fi side of things, particularly if you've read the book, I imagine. I actually want to dissuade people from watching it. Oh, oh. I, I want people to come back to it when part two comes out because I, I, like, I, I think everyone would sort of leave feeling a little bit. Oh, okay, so there's a little bit more here to to see, and I've got to wait. Uh, well, yeah, probably another long. two years to actually yeah. see it. So and I, I have to agree with you, Alex. Um, I think the second film will improve this one mm. dramatically, but I think if the second film isn't any good, like it's just a massive disappointment all round, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I because I, I didn't. Like Paul's character, I didn't really have any reason to care for him. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, again, like I was always biased because I just—it's just personal. I just don't like that actor, but um, I, I definitely didn't feel like he was like you say. All the other characters I felt had stakes; they were in danger, but not him. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, what, what's his like? What's the stake for him? He's a smart boy. He has—he has future sight. He's a very good warrior, um, and he's—he's he's pretty resourceful. So. I'm not sure why we're worried about yeah, him. Like I mean, he, he, he doesn't. Little, fa- oh, yes, he faces challenges, but we're never really worried. About him. Like he gets I a prefer. Dazed. That's about it. Yeah, mm. like I would probably you know be interested more if he, it was something about his mum or his yeah. dad for that matter. But his dad, I think, was still the most compelling character in there. He yeah. had legitimate stresses and he was trying his hardest. Yeah, I really felt for his character. He was. Uh, it was great to see such a powerful figure. But with no negative qualities, it was refreshing. Go, this is just a good leader, and I'm behind this guy. I want this guy to succeed. And and again, like they pushed the whole thing with the Zendaya actress character lady, yeah. and just like, uh, okay, sure. I think I'm sick of Zendaya now. <laughs> well, she's in Spider Man yeah. as well, which we're doing next week. Well. And- well, it'll be fine. <sighs> He'll be all right. We're a bit marvelled out. We're a bit Zendayed out. We're a bit just... definitely not marvelled out. You're not. You're not. Mar- I'm marvelled no. out. This, I'm just going to coast through Spider Man. This has been the year with the most Marvel properties, and I'm not marvelled out yet. I am. I, I don't even want to see the red intro of the Marvel films. Yeah. I'm just bored by them at the moment. And I'm not. Just, that's not to say in two years' time I won't come around and go. These are great. But at the moment, I'm just so yeah. sick of them. I watched. I watched the first episode of that Hawkeye TV oh, series, so and I was like, okay, and just haven't gone back to it because <laughs> I have had felt no reason to do it. That's been my Christmas viewing for this year. Mm, well, my you... Christmas viewing will be the new Boba, uh, Boba Fett. Boba yes, Fett. that's out. That's the 29th. 29th. That's exciting. Mm. Well, anyway, after Christmas. Uh, so what was that? That was a good solid, uh, what do we nine. say? Nine and, a half nine and a half to be to be specific, Sp- if I can, you about can be, the score. You can be specific. Thank you, I will. I don't know where that came from. Maybe it's because I was talking about Boba and he's, Maybe, yeah. he's, he's a Maori. You're just a simple man trying yeah. to make your way in the universe. Isn't mm. Jason Momoa... He's, he's in New Zealand, Hawaii, isn't he? Oh, he's Hawaiian? Yeah, I think oh, so. Hawaiian, eh? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we've clearly got no idea about people's cultures. <laughs> sorry, uh, I racial profiled again. <laughs> uh, trying to do better every day. Steve, we've got to get, stop getting the letters. You, you, uh, thought, you, you invoke so many letters written in. But if we don't get the letters, how am I, know, how, how am I to know what to do? 
<laughs> and what not to do. <laughs> they set up very clear boundaries for me. They say, you can't go past this line. And without the letters, I don't know where the line is. Wow. Well, I'm glad that that is, that is how you choose to live your life, mm-hmm. bordered by others and, yes. and their thoughts about you. And that's okay. That's right. At least you live your life. That's fantastic. We've been the Trailer Island Podcast. You can find us wherever you find your podcast. Let your friends know that we exist. And if you you know want to give us a rating, if you're on Facebook, actually, there's your drive for this week. If you're on Facebook, give us a rating on Facebook because mm-hmm. I just discovered the other day that you can rate our page on Facebook. So that would be great. Please do that. I would. We would all really appreciate if it was five stars. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, that would be really cool. I, I've been Alex, and as always, I was joined by... Matthew. Steve Melange. Steve Melange. Spice Melange. Spice Melange. Tom Brady. Is this what harassment is? <laughs> no, no, this is... <laughs> ah, sorry, I went to <laughs> Not this week, at least. Okay. This is a Narrative Network podcast.